The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Big Meech Krumpetich. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this week on the show, we'll quickly talk about the bench unit stepping up big through these injuries and a little illness on the Suns. After that, we'll recap the game against the Celtics, only one game this week. Then we'll preview the Clippers, Blazers, Wizards, and Hornets. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from last week. We were guessing JaVale McGee points in the game against the Celtics. So shoutout to at Dunks on Twitter. He said 15, JaVale had 21. It was a great game for JaVale. And between the two of us, I lose again because I said 12 and you said 14. So Charlie is now up on the series five to two for the season. Ooh. That's big I time. Know, I know. I gotta, I gotta string together a few wins here. All right. So the bench unit has just been fantastic over this recent stretch, especially without Devin Booker. And then more recently missing Deandre Ayton for a game due to non COVID illness. And I think we're just going to kind of wrap this and the game recap together since there's only one game from last week. But we have to talk about JaVale McGee a little bit more. It was very fitting we chose him for our bet question last week because he absolutely shined in this game against the Celtics. And we had no idea this is what was going to happen. Right. It did. It worked out pretty well for us. Um, You know, I saw the news that Aiton was not going to be playing, and I was a little bit worried. We had talked last week about how the Celtics have been dealing with some injuries and aren't quite full strength, but are still a pretty good team. And it didn't matter. Like, we won 111 to 90. We held them to 90 points. And sure, a lot of their guys are just not, like, big scorers outside of Tatum. Um, Al Horford is having a pretty good season for them, but has never really been a huge scorer. A lot of their bench unit is just kind of ragtag a little bit. So I was not expecting this big of a win, but yeah, JaVale was doing everything. We saw more of those hook shots. We shot, we saw a lot of what you expect from the, from JaVale, the dunks and the defense and all of that. But yeah, just 
<laughs> all of the extra stuff, including a three, where I thought I was going to fall out of my chair when I saw that. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if you're that open, you, you might get to pull one a game in JaVale's case, right? And we saw a video just recently of JaVale and DA shooting threes in practice, and they were just money from the quarter. I think they made like five, each five in a row on that little yeah. video. So, like, these guys, they can all shoot the three, but a game scenario is much different. But seeing JaVale be able to take one, actually took two. Uh, the first one was cool because it went in, but the second one, not so much. Everyone kind of uh, sighed after that one and said, okay, JaVale, that's plenty. But yeah, well, he was just so entertaining in this game. The dunks with the just the wind-up going across the paint. Man, he is he's so fun to watch. And we played him 26 and a half minutes in this game, which is, you know, 10 more than his usual 15 or so, what he's been averaging for the season. So nice to see him be able to go that long in this situation. Yeah, definitely. And as far as the three-point shooting goes, <laughs> they said this on the broadcast. And uh, I, I'm just looking at it right now. He has attempted 59 threes in his entire career, and he's made 11. And two of the attempts came from last night. <laughs> <laughs> or not last night, sorry, Friday night. Right. Um, but yeah, there was a season um, where he took total, actually last season, he took 24 threes. So that's quite a few. That's almost half of his career average. But yeah, up until, oh, I don't know, up about the 16, 17 season, he took six so yeah nice to see him hit one yeah that that is pretty pretty wild and you know for his the form that he has at the free throw line he's shooting 66 percent and i i thought it might be a little higher than that actually he seems a pretty reliable lately from the free throw line yeah yeah so i it's just so funny because we we all goofed on this guy for years and years but the skill set he has, along with the natural talent and the body, obviously, but this has just been so impressive. And not miss the team not missing a beat without DeAndre for this game just really speaks to that. I know it. It's so nice, and it's just that whole next man up man mentality that we actually have at this point. I think it's something that every team talks about, but we really have the depth for that to be reality. Very true. And next man up, obviously, in the Celtics game was Jalen Smith, knowing that we did not have another center on the roster that was healthy enough to play, knowing that JaVale can't play 35 minutes like we normally see Aiton play. We knew that Smith was going to have to get some minutes in this game, especially against the Celtics, who start Al Horford and Robert Williams. Those are two pretty big boys. And then they can throw in Freedom off the bench. And Grant Williams is just kind of a house. He's only six foot six, but there's a lot of muscle on that team. And we knew that we'd have to put out some size. Jalen Smith gets tossed in there and this, he looked pretty darn comfortable out there compared to what I've seen in the past. Yeah, he definitely did. And good for him. I mean, I just really don't anticipate seeing him come back next year, but I want him to be successful, and it's nice when he gets to play a couple games like this, so hopefully he can land somewhere. 
Totally. Seven points in this one, nine rebounds in 21 minutes. So he he was doing his job out there. Also, one steal, two blocks. So I'm just filling up the stat sheet a little bit. And then shooting one for six from downtown, which says one thing to me, is that he obviously had a green light to be shooting the three. So Coach Monty sees enough in him to be able to say, you can shoot the three when you're open. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, that's what he does. And I think there was a, a certain element of us just being hot and the Celtics having an off night in this one. Because the more and more we talk about this, I think this is not at all sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. It's not sustainable. JaVale, 21 points, probably not sustainable. But Otherwise, when you just kind of look through the box score, nothing else is too crazy. Chris Paul with a low-scoring night, just 10 points. That's right. But then the the double cam off the bench, Payne with 17, Johnson with 16, and Johnson's really been getting it going lately. He has been hot lately, yes. Nice to see the three ball falling for him after a little bit of a shaky start. For sure, four for seven in this game. Uh, six boards for him as well, plus 12. I Everybody on the team just had a, a solid game, and we have all these guys in double figures once again, seven guys. And a little note that I saw on the Suns Reddit, we currently have seven guys averaging double figures, and that includes Frank Kaminsky. So you can maybe take him out for the time being. Yeah. But then we have Cam Johnson with averaging 9.8 and Jay Crowder averaging 9.5. So it would not be all that crazy if we could if we saw nine guys on the Suns roster averaging double figures at some point in the season. Maybe right. it doesn't happen all year. Once Booker gets back and he's he's uh, getting 25 to 30 a game, that'll obviously take a little bit away from some of these guys. But it's just pretty impressive and speaks to team basketball and depth. Yeah, and it's a good thing because. Guys are not going to stay healthy all season. We see this every year. Guys get dinged up. They miss a game or two here and there. Not even with the new load management. I'm not saying anything along those lines. I'm just saying that's the nature of a long season like this. And it's nice to know that when Booker maybe pulls something or Chris Paul has to sit a game or two or someone's sick, that we can still go out there and win by over 20 points. For sure. And I'm going to point to Mikhail Bridges on that again, because and Crowder and Johnson, we always have a guy out there who's going to step up to the task and do a decent job guarding the opposing team's best scorer. And with Mikhail, we saw him with Curry in our first matchup, Harden the game before that or something, right? Right. Something like that. But man, he was just playing excellent defense. I thought maybe he's just been been so successful with those guys because he has such a height advantage and wingspan advantage, and he's just as quick as those guys. Then I was a little worried about Tatum. He's got a little size on him, and in that first quarter, Tatum was hot. He was kind of carrying the team for him. It was just a 25 to 24 in the first quarter, and it was because Tatum was hot. But after that, He really cools down. Mikhail and the team just playing great team defense on him. Ends up 10 for 25 on the game, 1 for 7 from downtown. And, uh, yeah, he leads the team in scoring with 24. But 
that that was not enough to get past the Suns. Yep. Yep. And just a solid game all around. I was still I'm still kind of surprised that it went the way it did, but not complaining. Right. And the injury report that they showed before the game, no Booker, no Aiton, no Sarich, no Kaminsky, no Nader. Is that everybody? I think that's everyone. Yeah, that that's a squad right there. That's right. A, right. That, that's tough to be missing, but we handled it. So yeah, let's move it on and talk about next week's games. We have this is a this is going to be a pretty rough week for the team, I'd say, compared to recent games. Uh, we have the Clippers Monday, the Blazers Tuesday. Those are both away games, and then Thursday we have the Wizards, Hornets on Sunday. It's going to be a tough stretch, I think. I'm wondering if Booker is going to be available <clears throat> for, I guess, any of these games, but especially for the one Monday against the Clippers. I know Paul George has had kind of a nagging injury so far this season, so I'm not certain what his status is right now, but we definitely could use Booker in this game against the Clippers. And the Blazers are the Blazers. They're always going to be a tough team. Right. Those scoring options on the Blazers, uh, Dame not quite having as efficient of a season as he usually does, but, I mean, it's not like he still can't go for 40. So that's always something to worry about. And if I'm playing doctor with Booker, I let him sit out the back-to-back away games and try to have him ready Thursday at home. That would be great. I also wouldn't mind if he feels ready to play one of the two away games and then play again on Thursday. But it's whatever he's ready for. I don't mind if we lose a game or two here um, just for the sake of him being healthy. Sure. And, you know, now that the winning streak is over, the games are they they all feel a little less meaningful. Uh, But. You know, we're still we're the number one seed after the Warriors lost a couple nights ago. So, yeah, we'd obviously like to hold on to that. But, I mean, we can still lose a game here and there and hold that one seed. I mean, if a, with a four-game schedule like this, three and one should be the goal. Yeah, and we do have a two-game winning streak right now. But true, true. <laughs> a little, little bit different than 18. Yes. Yeah. It, once so. it gets up to double digits again, that's when I'll start feeling a little, a little extra spicy about yeah. all these games. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Clippers, Blazers, uh, Wizards on Thursday is our bet question game. So campaign has been playing pretty well. He's been on fire lately, and along with JaVale McGee, but we looked at JaVale last week, so we're looking at Payne this week. So in Thursday's game against the Wizards, how many points will Cam Payne score? I'm going to go big. Okay. I'm going to go little nice 19-point outburst for Cam 19. in this game. All right. See, this is so tough because a lot of it is dependent on – what Booker does, if Booker's going to play or not. True. Um, well, I, you know how I feel about doing this. I don't love it, but I have to because oh, this oh, is getting oh, out of hand oh, for me. Oh, oh. 18. Oh. 
Man, I might have to put a Bob Barker rule in place. We can't do the one up, one down. I know. We may need to after this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope he goes for 30 and just doesn't even question it. I hope he gets 19 in the first half. I'd be fine with that, though. That would be. Yeah. That's something to celebrate for sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, go ahead and let us know on Twitter at Sunny in PHX Pod, and let us know how many points you think Campaign will score against the Wizards on Thursday. I'm shocked that the Wizards are above 500, and you know they really came out strong to start the year, but they're still sitting at 15 and 12 as of recording. So, yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal is great. We all know that. But then aside from him, this team just looks so misfit. But apparently it's working out in the East a little bit for them. Yeah. um, I kind of like what they're doing. They remind me just a touch of the Suns because they do have that mid-range game going. Beal does that a little bit. He's mostly a three-point shooter, but a little bit. Uh, Rui Hachimura is like very much a mid-range guy. Um, they have a lot of shooters, definitely. They're they're missing quite a few pieces as compared to the Suns, but kind of a similar approach. So I don't mind them. Has Rui been playing much? What is the situation? I know he's been with dealing him? with some injury stuff even for the past couple of years. So yeah, I'm not quite sure. I do know that Corey Kispert, the other Gonzaga player. Uh, has been playing, and he's more of like a sharpshooter. He does a little, little bit of mid-range stuff too, but more of a sharpshooter. Joe Harris. Everyone said Joe Harris is his ceiling, and I agree with that. Yeah, they're pretty similar players, both white. <laughs> but that does remind me, the Jerry Colangelo Classic is this coming Saturday, uh, December 18th, and we will be there to watch Gonzaga play Texas Tech, the two of us along with friend of the show, Josh Cranwetter, at Josh Cran on Twitter. So go Zags. We'll be there rooting, rooting on the Zags and kind of a strange Gonzaga season so far, but it's going to be fun. Do you root for the Wizards due to all the Gonzaga connections? No. Or like a little bit? I mean, I guess kind of, but I don't really pay any attention to them. I pretty much just watch the Suns. But, like, I want them to succeed, of course, but, yeah, not really. (laughs) Okay, fair enough, fair enough. It it used to be that way a little bit, but we're at the point now that there's so many Gonzaga players in the NBA that it's like I'm not just going to, like, pick up a new team because of a GU player. Yeah, imagine rooting for the Magic due to Jalen Suggs this year. Right, I know. Like, (laughs) of course I want Suggs to succeed, but I don't really need to root for the Magic. (laughs) No, rough start for the season for Suggs. Rougher start for the Magic because that is just a very oddly constructed team. Playing Bamba and Wendell Carter together, that's kind of... I know, yeah. But they're doing it. All right. right, and last game of the week... Suns versus Hornets on Sunday. Uh, we've seen the other Bridges have a great start to the season. He's in the most improved of the year talks. And then obviously LaMelo Ball. That's such a fun squad. And then don't forget about Kelly Oubre too. Yeah, I I actually really like the Hornets. They're a really fun team. 
I remember last year, they weren't quite doing what they're doing now, but they beat us and really gave us a run for our money. So this is a game that we're going to have to watch out for. I imagine Kelly Oubre is probably going to take about 30 shots and maybe make three or four of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I talk a little smack about Kelly and his exit from the team and the things he said after that. But I, I honestly a little I'm, I'm happy to see that he's not struggling quite as much as he was last year because yeah. last year was just horrific. I mean, he was shooting under 20 percent from downtown midway through the season. And with all the opportunities that he had on that Warriors team, you know, their injury depleted at the time. You'd think that he'd put up some pretty good numbers. But, man, I'm glad that he found his footing a little bit more here in Charlotte. And yeah, look back at what the Warriors were last year uh, compared to what they are this year. It's It's pretty interesting. And I wonder how much losing Kelly Oubre had on that because – it made the Suns better. Obviously, we added Chris Paul, but I mean, we didn't miss Kelly Oubre when he left. The Warriors aren't missing Kelly Oubre after he left. What's the next story going to be with the Hornets? Right, I know it. <laughs> but they're having a good season, so we'll see how it goes. I still like our chances, though. I think we'll be okay on this one. Same. I really hope we go three and one this week, if not four and zero. Oh, obviously. Right. Well, and with that, we will transition to our non-sports section of the show. But before that, there's one thing that I need to mention. Um, just have to say RIP to Demarius Thomas. Um, very, very sad. He was one of my all-time favorite athletes growing up and remaining a Broncos fan. I love Demarius Thomas. And <clears throat> just a sad situation. 33 years old. He had some medical conditions that were the result of potentially a car accident that he was in a while back. But, yeah, just really, really sad situation. And, um, yeah, just RIP to Demarius Thomas. The Broncos did a really nice tribute to him that I just watched. And, yeah, just very sad. Yeah, that, that is sad. Seeing guys that you've, you know, looked up to and are fans of over the years and I mean, that's a guy right around my age, too, and seeing someone pass that young, that's never any fun. No, very sad. But it's nice to see the way people have responded. I haven't seen a single negative comment, and, yeah, everyone's doing nice little tributes to him. Uh, But, yeah, now we'll get to our non-sports section of the show. What are your Christmas plans? Oh, we're flying up north. As per usual, we we haven't missed a Christmas back in South Dakota since we moved down to Arizona. So we're doing that again. Flying in, spending almost a week there, getting together with all the family. It just, just the usual, but, you know, it's always something I look forward to. Get to see a little bit of snow, but not too much, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do know what you mean. It'll be nice. Going back home is always fun. I'm not, though. I'm staying here. Um, All of my family is pretty much moving here, if not already moved here. Um, My sister gets in in just a few days after this has been released. Um, Yeah, people are coming here, and 
my wife's side of the family is here. So we do Christmas Eve with them, Christmas Day with my family. Um, it just happens to work out that way, that that's how we celebrate. Her family has always done everything on Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day has just been a bigger deal on my side. So it has worked out perfectly, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'm pretty excited. Very nice. I'm just hoping I don't get stuck there, because that has happened yeah. two out of the last three years, I think. I've had to spend an extra night in old Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which... I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but, you know, after the week of snow and seeing some blizzards and the negative 10 degree stuff, you're excited to come back down to the valley. And then when you get that pushed off for another, you know, overnight setting, oh, that's rough. I, I yeah. hope I hope that's not the case this year, but we will see. Let's let's hope for a. Uh, I do enjoy the white Christmas. Like if there's snow on the nice. ground, I appreciate that. It feels right. But the white Christmas blizzard, white out right. Christmas blizzard, no thanks. Yeah. Let's just hope it snows quite a bit on maybe the 24th and 25th and then lets up the rest of the time. Yeah, just any day that I'm not flying, it can snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, something I definitely don't miss. The travel is nice, but it's definitely easier to travel to Arizona. <laughs> that that is true. One of these years I'm gonna get I'm gonna get everybody to come down here so we can just stay and then they can enjoy a a much more mild Christmas. Yes. It's nice. I, I'll say the first year that we did it, it was weird. And we were just like, Oh, is this a good idea? We all like the idea of the white Christmas and everything, but since we've been doing it, because it's been the last, I'd say, three years or so that we've stayed here in, in Phoenix, and now it's like, yeah, this is this is just how we're going to do it moving forward. It's so nice. That's a good call. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps everything up. We'll be back next week with another episode. Four big games for the Suns this week. Let's hope... Uh, some injuries heal up. Let's hope DA's feeling better and we get to see him. I'd hate to see JaVale have to play more than 20 minutes a game for <laughs> a know. whole week. So, uh, yeah, shout out to JaVale, though, man. What a week. That was a lot of fun. We will see you guys next week. Go Suns.